you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, our theme for today is Just Go Crazy. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, just go crazy. I know that may be difficult for some of you with your personality style to think and plan and be conservative and not draw attention to yourself. We're going to tell you to go crazy. I'll tell you how here in just a minute. Hey, our sponsor today is Audible.com, where you can choose from over 150,000 book titles. I've got three specific ones for you today. You can get one of those free if you're not already a member. You can do that by going to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. That'll be your code to get your free book. But hang on. I want to tell you specifically a couple I like for you to choose from today. We've had a lot of feedback about my challenge last week. If you spend six months, spend 30 minutes a day reading, listening, positive material, you'll double your income. Got a whole bunch of people that have responded to that, taking me up in the challenge I said, if you do that, I'll buy your lunch. I hope I have to buy lunches all during the month of February and March at six month point to catch up with all you people who have in fact done exactly that. Well, here's some of the questions we've got for today. Dan, I work 12 to 16 hours a day in a job I hate to provide for my family. Obviously feels stuck. We'll look at some options. Here's somebody says, okay, I'm done with excuses. I'm accepting your challenge. That was one of the many who responded to the challenge. And I'll give you a little bit more information from that particular listener. Dan, we're snowballing about 40,000 in personal debt and 160,000 in student loans. Is it possible to change career paths and still increase income? Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yes, yes, yes. That's the positive part. Sure can change careers and increase income. If you're stuck in something that's low paying, now's the time. Change. Move to something better. Dan, how would you recommend getting my name out there to make my first $2,000? Now, you hear me talk about that sometimes, and I think within 90 days, you ought to be able to be at 50% of duplicating your current income if you have an idea that's valuable at all. In six months, you ought to be able to duplicate your income. Anyway, people get... A lot of questions about how to do that. That's from one of those. Well, here's a question. Now, this is actually a question from a book. It's one of the books I'll recommend. I'll tell you which one when we get to that. But it's, what do you think is the most valuable land in the world? Well, that comes from a book. You may be surprised at what the author says is the most valuable land in the world. Now, here's a quotation. It's a little longer than most. Because it comes from the 1997 Apple introduction when they introduced their Think Different advertising campaign. Remember that? I mean, it's been 17 years already. So some of you were toddlers, I suppose, when this came out. But here's the quotation. It's been around many, many versions. But I I love what it reminds us of. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius 
because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. I was reminded of that because I've got an ongoing dialogue going with my son, Jared in Africa. His vision is always to change the world. I tend to look at it more microscopically. I think because I'm concerned about changing me, my family, my community, and the few people that I have the privilege of, you know, intersecting with along the way. He's always concerned about changing the world, changing the economic system, exploring the universe to see if there are people out there beyond us. I mean, those kind of things, we've got some interesting conversations, but we need to embrace the crazy ones. I mean, that I do. I mean, Jared certainly falls in that category. The ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So here's to the crazy ones. I hope you're in that category. Well, you know, I ought to get something out of the way here, right, right out of the bat. This is another kind of pull from history. But I do hear from a lot of people who, in fact, are pretty discouraged about the way things are. They're overrun with debt. They aren't making money. They're working long hours or not working at all. So we're going to kind of just categorize those questions, those responses, and then we're going to go on to the success stories. See if you recognize this from where it came in history. Well, <laughs> that comes from Hee Haw. Remember that show? Now, some of you may not remember it. It actually started airing in 1969. What is that? 45 years ago. That's that little ditty. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Anyway, Hee Haw, it aired live for only two years, but then it was in syndication, you know, for about 20 years. So, you may have heard that, maybe not. We'll use that as kind of our, our theme song, much like we use Queen, We Are the Champions for the success stories. We'll use Gloom, Despair, and Agony on Me to kind of categorize uh, the, the stories where people are feeling kind of stuck. Now, obviously, that was done in good humor, and I intend it to be the same here. We're not pointing fingers at anybody, but just uh, saying, okay, get it out of your system. Now we're going to go on. And that's what we're going to do here right now. We're going to go on to the success stories. Let me me start with this. I'll start with Zach. Hey, Dan. My name is Zach Ford, and I just wanted to send you a video message telling you how much I appreciate you and everything you are doing in the 48 Days community and on the 48 Days podcast Throughout listening to you and just being a part of the tribe of listeners who listens to you and has followed the 48 Days Plan and continue, continues to just trek on this entrepreneurial journey and just hearing the success stories, um, about a couple weeks ago, I was listening to your podcast with a band called Battle Victorious. The guys who do that do a gifty song, who make songs, you send them a song and they make it. So I looked them up and I got connected with them and they were able to provide us a song for our Kickstarter video and we were able to connect in that way. And I just wanted to celebrate that your community is an awesome, thriving, vibrant community who's willing to support and share ideas. And uh, so that's a celebration that goes to you and to the whole entire community. 
community. Um, we launched a project called intersquare.com on Kickstarter just a few minutes ago, and uh, we're just trying to get the word blasted out as much as possible. Uh, so I'll put that link down there in the text for you. And also, I wanted to share a success story with you that about seven months ago, I was working with kids. I work with kids with my wife, and we were jumping on the trampoline, and I tore a lot of ligaments in my ACL and some other really nasty things. And it was a six month recovery process. And I'll tell you what, I listened to the 48 days podcast every day I was in physical therapy. And man, I'm going to tell you being able to work on those machines and be listening to the encouraging words you speak really brought so much life into me and just lifted me out of a place where I couldn't walk, you know, and it was just, it was a bad mess for a while, but now I'm running and I'm back doing the things I love to do and working with my wife. So those are two success stories for you. I really appreciate everything you do. God bless. Really appreciate it, man. Well, Hey Zach, thanks for your, your stories of success. So that is really cool. Hey, we're so glad you're recovering from the accident you had and glad we could be part of the inspiration to get you through that period of time and back on your feet again, literally, in that case. Also, um, Zach mentioned that he contacted somebody that I've talked about on here, and it's Todd and Emily from Gifty Song, who did the, the little song for us. I mean, you, you remember the, the song they did for us. In the J-O-B, can someone set me free? I've had enough of it. Anyway, it was that one. And, and so Zach connected with them. They did a song for his um, Kickstarter program that he's got up. And the Kickstarter program that he's got up right now, the campaign that he's running is Enter Square, Social Media with a Conscience. But if you go to Enter Square, just like it sounds, E-N-T-E-R-S-Q-U-A-R-E.com, you'll see what... Uh, what Zach is doing out there. So, hey, thanks for those success stories. Now, this one comes from John Wood, who says, Dan, thanks for your dedication to the weekly online radio shows. Your positive encouragement each week has been instrumental in the publishing of my first ebook entitled 101080 Living. I wrote this book to help students and young professionals establish successful financial lives from their first paycheck. More specifically, I want to equip people with the financial skills to eliminate debt live within their means, build savings, and impact the lives of others through giving. I'm only 26 years old, but I have a passion for helping people prevent many of the financial miscues that people find themselves in later in life. Instead of learning the hard way by trial and error, I want to help people learn how to establish a successful financial life from day one. As you are well aware, money is a common obstacle preventing thousands of people from pursuing their dreams. I want to change that with this book. You wrote in Wisdom Meets Passion that people want my endorsements for their book but don't want to give me a copy to read. Well, I'd love to share a copy of my book with you as a thank you for all you've done. I'm not asking for any type of endorsement, just that you would simply check out a work you helped inspire and pass it along to anyone who may find it beneficial. And then uh, John adds, he says, I'm making the book available for free on Amazon for a limited time beginning Friday, August 22nd. Now, that's when this podcast will air. A lot of you will be listening to it then. So Friday, August 2nd, he says, can you pass this information along to your listeners? Here's a link to download the book, and I will put that in the radio show notes for today. By all means, that's John Wood's book, 101080 Living. He did send me a beautiful physical copy of the book and uh, has me in the acknowledgments. I appreciate that connection. Again, delighted to be part of the inspiration for somebody to, to birth a book 
I know what it takes to go through that. Speaking of books, I got a book here as well from John Henderson. Now I've heard from John. He's been active in the uh, 48 days community and I see his activity frequently on there. He lives in Maui, Hawaii. Now that's significant because of what I'm going to share with you here, but he sent me a copy of his new book LifeWise, And in the front, he wrote a really precious letter to me, which I appreciate. And I won't go through all of that, but again, John came out of a hard background, but has gotten clear and focused and has done some amazing things in the last couple of years to get his life and that of his family together. But in the front of the book that he sent me is a handwritten note from his kids. Now three kids, the one who wrote the note is Porter Porter is 11 years old. The others signed it. Um, Malachi and Barry signed it as well. They're younger, but Porter wrote the note and here's the note. Dear Dan Miller, thank you for helping my dad find the work he likes. Thanks to you. We can live anywhere we want. Is that cool or what? I mean, that's really why I keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I don't know what kind of a note I could get from somebody that would be more meaningful, more precious to me than that. Thanks to you. We can live anywhere we want written from an 11 year old whose family now lives in Maui. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Lives in Maui. All right. What else we got here now? Okay. Just one more in the, our success stories today. Now this comes from, it's, it's not a note. I'm just going to tell you what happened. I got a note from Hannah Wilson. She's 17 years old. And she's a member of 48days.net. She sent me a note and said, hey, I'm starting a site for teen entrepreneurs, you know, a little membership site. Uh, It's only been live for about a week. I've got 20 members. And here's the deal. This is for teen entrepreneurs. And she said, well, I ought to interview people who are successful entrepreneurs. Now, guess who she identified as her first guest? Seth Godin. Now, how many of you out there would love to have Seth Godin on as a guest on your podcast or to do a guest post on your blog? But you know, a lot of people, I mean, thousands and thousands of people would love to have Seth Godin on. I mean, he's a mastermind in this whole area of finding your passion and turning it into some kind of a meaningful business and how you market that and make money. I mean, he's just a legend in that space is written probably 25 books on that area. Things like purple cow permission, marketing linchpin mean, all those kind of books came from Seth. So he's a very, very highly sought after speaker. Here's a 17 year old girl. She has no audience. I mean, she, she doesn't have anything other than a name. And so she goes on and gets an email address and shoots a note to Seth Godin. And says, uh, gee, Seth, I'd like to interview you. Well, what do you think Seth Godin's going to say to a 17-year-old who doesn't have any kind of an audience? All she has is an idea. Well, here's what Seth says. She emailed him. He says, how about this afternoon? Now, she didn't have anything put together at all. She didn't know what to ask, really. And here's Seth Godin says, how about this afternoon? Well, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. 
she she didn't know better than to just go ahead and ask Seth. And he said, sure. She did an interview with him. That was her first interview on teen entrepreneurs. Well, I'm going to be your second interview. We're actually going to record that this afternoon as I speak, but we're going to do that this afternoon. But I also sent Seth a note as well. As soon as I saw that, I said, you know, you continue to blow me away with your generosity. You know, here's somebody who has no audience. They're not going to leverage your name and give you new exposure. You know, she's just a little girl with a, with a dream. And I said, for you to take your time, I mean, I commend you on that. And he wrote me back and says, you know, she's going to go places. There was something about how she just reached out to him and in her innocence. And he said, you know what? Sure. I'm going to do that. And he did. And I'm going to be your second guest and commend Hannah on what she's doing. Well, we'll end with that. Those being some amazing success stories. Hey, if you've got a success story you want to share with us, get it into us. We love to hear those. You can just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link, leave your success story there, or just send it directly to me at askdan at 48days.com. We'll get you into the roundup here and play this after your story. All right, let's move on. Now, this first note in here is a follow-up to last week. Remember last week I talked about uh, somebody who said, gee, my wife's response to my announcement of starting a blog and eventually a podcast was outrage, picturing me in PJs on the couch all day. Well, we talked about that. Uh, We got a lot of response to that piece in the podcast last week. Well, I got a follow-up note from Mike. who says, Dan, this is Mike... the, the, I'm from Orange Beach, Alabama, and inquired last week regarding starting to blog and recruiting a mentor without using a lot of money. Initially, my wife's vision of PJs on the couch. To follow up, I love your answer, Dan, and I believe any money spent in this area would be an incredible investment. Now, I, I talked about making those little investments in yourself. Don't expect to change your life dramatically without investing in the process of giving you new direction. So anyway, he says, I love your answer. Believe any money spent would be an incredible investment. At this point, my hands are tied though, because of my wife and our financial situation. I will tell you, we don't have cable. We don't have a large cell phone bill and I don't spend money on clothes, luxuries, or hobbies. Okay. I'm done with my excuses. I've ordered both your books. You suggested from the library and you're going to be indirectly one of my mentors. Not sure if you were challenging just me or all of your listeners regarding the six month challenge, but I'll be opportunistic and assume it was directed toward me. I think six months from now you'll be on your cruise. So I'll contact you when you get back, but I'll follow up at that point. Having spent at least 30 minutes every day between now and then reading, listening to some type of self-improvement material. I'm from Nashville and I followed your podcast for years. I feel like I know you and I can usually predict the answers you give. However, in my case, you always seem to throw in a curveball. You described one as a softball. That turns out to be not the answer I expected, but exactly what I needed. Thanks for all you do. Mike Copeland from here in Nashville. Now, I talked last week about investing in yourself, about reading, listening, going to seminars and workshops. I mean, I have no idea how to guess where I would be without me being just a voracious consumer 
of books, audio programs, podcasts, seminars, workshops, you know, all the kind of things that I've done. I, I go to them. I mean, I continue to be a massive, massive user of those kind of resources and encourage you to do the same. Now, Mike describes the fact that he's in a tough financial spot. Probably not as tough as when, what I was when I started in this journey. I mean, where I really started getting focused on this is when I had about $430,000 in debt from a bad business deal. The IRS had taken our cars, our houses, everything. We were living in a little rented house and had borrowed a car from a friend. That's when I started investing in books, seminars, the kind of things we're talking about here today. I still just have to believe it's a matter of priorities. I mean, I'm the kind of guy I would rather have a CD player in my car. And back at that point, I took with me a little battery operated cassette player because the radio did not work in that car that I borrowed. It was really pretty much a piece of junk, but the radio did not work. But I started carrying with me a battery operated cassette and started listening to Zig Ziglar and Dennis Wheatley and Brian Tracy and Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill, and all those old masters of achievement. But I would rather have that little battery-operated cassette player in my car than to have air conditioning, frankly, because I know it's going to do more to stimulate my success. So even at my very roughest chapter, I was doing exactly the kind of things that I'm recommending to you. Now, this is a great place for me to recommend a book for you, Mike, and for everybody else listening. But if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can get a free copy of this. This is one of the old classics that I absolutely love. The Psychology of Winning by Dennis Waitley. Now, that was a six cassette audio program that was used by pretty much all of the American Olympic athletes. Those are the kind of things that got little girls up there in their gymnastic routine to become world-class champions, the psychology of winning. The audio program here through Audible is not the entire series there. It's an, an abridged version of that. It's about, well, it's an hour and three minutes long. But the psychology of winning by Dennis Whaley, and you can go there and get a free copy of that. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and you can get a copy of that. I'm going to give you another resource as well. I, I mean, I, I wish that I could just impart my entire library into the brains of everybody listening. I mean, I'd love to be able to do that. We, you know, we probably are moving toward the time when we'll be able to do that somehow. You put a little chip, I guess we're, um, what the heck was, um, geez, I can't think of the name of the movie. What was the one where you put a chip in? Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, you choose the blue chip or the, the red chip. Anyway, we're probably moving toward the time where we can do that, where we can just all of a sudden put in a chip and have access to all the resources just by thinking about them. Hey, I'm open to whatever comes because I think it's so phenomenal the way that we can accelerate our learning process. But here's another book I'm going to give you. This is Love Does. Discover a secretly incredible life in an ordinary world by my friend, Bob Goff. Love does. It's a little paperback book. It is mind boggling. It's probably one of my top 10 and will remain so for the rest of my life. Just because he tells stories about living an extraordinary life. I mean, one time he was 
now, now Bob's an attorney. He's a hotshot attorney, you know, and he's doing things all over the world. But anyway, one time he was driving home in his Jeep with the sunroof open and a little old lady literally came through the stop sign and hit him. I mean, hit him so hard it flipped his Jeep over and threw him out the top. And he landed in the ground about 30 feet away, just sitting in the grass, scratching his head, thinking, what the heck just happened here? But he went back over to the lady who was sitting there, you know, crying, you know, gripping the steering wheel. And of course, she was terrified about what had happened and all the damage she had done and how people were going to hate her and everything. And he was talking to her, you know, trying to calm her down. And she was saying, you know, how sorry she was. And he says, hey, don't worry about it. He says, you know, that's one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. Can we do that again tomorrow? I mean, that's Bob Goff's approach to life. One of the things that I used from his book, Love Does, in one of my books, I think perhaps Wisdom Meets Passion, is a part where he talks about how he works with the clients that he's working with and handling depositions. Now, that usually tends to be a very fearful time for them. And what he tells them to do is to answer all the questions, do it with your hands, palms up the whole time. Keep your hands open and your palms facing up. He says, I tell them to literally have the backs of their hands on their knees and their palms toward the bottom of the temple. Now what happens is when their palms are up, they have an easier time being calm, honest, and accurate. And the way I use this is telling people when when you're doing an interview, you know, where you're really anxious about it, do this. When your palms are up, you have an easier time being calm, honest, and accurate. This is important because it's harder for you to get defensive. When people get defensive or angry, they tend to make mistakes, but nobody can be defensive with their palms open. You know, you can try that. Next time you feel yourself getting angry, golly, if it's at a restaurant with poor service or if it's in a meeting or your boss is talking to you, open your hands completely. Man, I love those kind of tips and love does is just full of that. Again, you can get that, get a copy of that audio with Bob himself doing the narration and and he is an absolute hoot, but you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and get a copy of love does. Well, Tom from Stafford, Virginia. Well, this is, this relates to what we were just talking about. Love the on-demand radio show and have been listening for several years In a recent podcast, you mentioned that you attend seminars for your own development. Could you please give some criteria you use to pick seminar offerings that you attend? Thanks for all you do. You know, I'm not as strategic about that as I'd like to be, perhaps. I get invited to a lot of workshops and seminars, but I'm constantly scanning. I mean, when I'm reading magazines like Success, Fast Company, Inc., entrepreneur wired. I'm always looking at conferences and I go on the websites of lots of those and look at them. And I don't have real hard, fast rules for how I, how I decide what I'm going to go to. I don't know. I mean, I last this year I've been to golly, I've been to NMX in Las Vegas I did have an opportunity to to speak there and also at social media marketing expo, Michael Stelzer's excellent event in San Diego. And I spoke there. So I speak in a lot of conferences, but that's not really, I mean, I go to a lot of them as well. Here's an example. I just registered for a conference that I'm going to go to. It's in Boston 
and it's in September, September 15th and 16th. It's in Boston. It's called Inbound. Now, somebody turned me on to this. I wasn't even aware of it, but it just talks about, you know, come together, get inspired, be remarkable. It talks about the remarkable things that people are doing in their business and how to leverage technology and other things. But here are some of the speakers. Martha Stewart, Simon Sinek, Malcolm Gladwell, Guy Kawasaki, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, do I want to be rubbing shoulders with people of that caliber? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it. I looked at my schedule. It starts on a Monday and ends like on a Wednesday. And usually my weeks are busier at the end of the week. And I thought, you know what? I can make that work. Boom. I just pulled the trigger. And I'm going to that. Um, if you want to go, let me, let me know. If you're going to be there at Inbound in Boston, September, what are the dates here? September, I think it's 12th through the, oh, here it is, the 15th through the 18th, September 15th through the 18th. I don't think I'll go to any more this year than that one. I'm really busy with some writing projects, so I'm just not going to arbitrarily go to seminars. But then next year, I'm gearing up again for the kind of things that I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to Michael Hyatt's launch conference that'll be in Orlando in April. Now, again, I'm a speaker there, so maybe that you know weighs, weighs the balance a little bit, obviously. But I'm looking for, every year, I'm going to look for three or four workshops, seminars that I've never been to before, and I'm going to go to them. Kent Julian, you know, my buddy from old Diana, I mean, he, he's forever, you know, shoot me a note, Dan, Hey, what are you going to go to? Let's go to something together. And we've done that a lot. We've done to gone to conferences together. So I'm always looking at things. I'm hearing from a lot of you who are just a podcast movement in Dallas. I mean, it sounds like an amazing time. I did not go to that one. It wouldn't been, would have made perfect sense for me to go, but it was just one. I just decided not to add anything more to my schedule, but I certainly would have enjoyed the time being there, but I'm going to go to three or four major conferences a year where I'm just a participant. So that we'll, we'll take me being a speaker out of the equation. I'm going to go to three or four conferences a year where I'm a participant. Probably one of those is going to be with Joanne, something that we'd both enjoy. So it just has to do with, you know, personal pleasure, enhancement, development or whatever, but it's not going to be directly business related. And then the rest of them are going to be things that I think really tie in with what I do. I mean, I love those kind of things. I love the opportunity to go to those kind of conferences. And so they're a regular part of my schedule. Incidentally, we've got a site linked through 48days.net. Somebody on there took my, um, took my bait here a few months ago when I said there ought to be a, a site that really puts together all the seminars and workshops that are coming up so we can go to one place and scan those. Well, this young man did that. Josh Bullock, Josh Bullock is who did that. He's got a site. I need to uh, have, uh, I need to bring that up in the show notes. I'll put that in the show notes where you can go and scan through tons and tons of workshops and seminars that are coming up. And I do go there and scan through to see what those are and which ones I want to participate in. Well, Terry from Cleveland, Ohio says I've spent the past 15 years going down a singular career path. Each step has been to build upon the previous and make myself more worthy of promotion in a career career field. I am finding myself increasingly unhappy in 
I've continually been unable to see any alternative, but to continue to build upon what I've invested so much time and student loans into my wife and toddlers are dependent on me as the breadwinner. So just jumping ship is out of the question. I gross about 45,000 as a police officer with a master's degree and half of a PhD in the same field. We are snowballing about $40,000 in personal debt and 160,000 in student loans. We're obviously facing an income crisis already. Is it possible to change career paths out of where all my experience and education lies and still increase income? Yeah, you say you've got your 15 years down a singular career path. If you started on that when you're 25, that would make you 40. If you're making 45,000 a year, you've got $200,000 in debt. Yeah, that that's a pretty tough outlook. I mean, when if you have a wife and toddlers dependent on you as a breadwinner. I mean, $45,000 to just do that, to take care of a wife and toddlers is a stretch, let alone to pay back $200,000 in loans with interest continuing to accumulate. That That's a really tough spot to be in. Yeah. I am going to obviously encourage you to look at ways to increase your income dramatically quickly. Now that doesn't mean to just change careers necessarily. The first thing I would encourage you to do is to look at what is your clear focus? What would be the ideal for you? Now you can take off, take off the equation, your academic degrees. Those don't force you into a rut from which there's no escape. So if you're in law enforcement and have a, a master's and a PhD in that, that's okay. What, that, what would that open you up to? Not just in terms of jobs, but what would you be a candidate to do with excellence? Could you do workshops and seminars on safety in your home? How to be safe when you walk from the mall to the car in the parking lot? I mean, I had a guy one time who had been in security and we put together a list of ideas, had like 243 things on the list that were security related, then started to put together books, eBooks on subtopics. And he was extremely successful. And along with that, he also opened himself up to consulting jobs. His first consulting opportunity with a company paid him more for a 60 day commitment than he had ever made in an entire year in his life. It was just seeing what he brought to the table with new lens seeing what he could do that perhaps he had not looked at before. But here's a couple other examples, Terry. We just had as guests here at the sanctuary over the weekend, dear friends of ours, Mike and Kim Galvin from Chicago. Mike just retired as a paramedic. He was with them for, I think 25 years perhaps, but he just retired. But for the last 15 years, he's been building his own real estate investments on the side didn't pull the plug, didn't jeopardize his steady income that he was getting from the Chicago police department, but he was building on the side. At this point he's retired. He has a nice six figure plus income in passive income, including his retirement and the investments that he already had in place by the time he got to that point. Now, he's not going to sit in his thumbs. He's aggressively looking at new opportunities or working on some really cool things. He just put together another major real estate deal. But I would encourage you to look at those kind of things as well, things that would have the potential to not require 40 hours a week of your time, but in fact could add significantly to your income. I worked with a guy one time who was uh, on the fire department here in Nashville. 
Well, because of that, he would work rotating shifts, you know, the kind of thing where you work 36 hours and then you're off for four days. So he had a lot of free time, but it was never the same days. And it was not something where he could commit himself to being at another job. And it just didn't work out, but he had all this time. So we looked at what would fit the characteristics of that and came up with vending. Now I'm a big believer in vending. I love it. There's a lot of horror stories in there, but it's still one of the biggest millionaire makers in America. He researched that got with the company. Now here's the machine that he chose. And I loved what he, what he chose, but he chose one of these little machines where you walk into the restroom in a gas station and there's a little machine where you have your choice of three cologne scents. You put in your 75 cents, turn the dial to which one you, you select, push the plunger, boom, you come out smelling like a million bucks. Now think about that. There's nothing to spoil. It's not a food item. The cost per item, I mean, the, the cost was pennies. I mean, the cost was like three cents for the product dispense. And at 75 cents, I mean, that's a really big multiple. If you got candy bars, you may pay 50 cents for them and sell them for 75. That's okay, but that's a whole lot different than this. So the margins were amazing. Then he got an agreement with Mapco. Now we've got those big in our part of the country. You may have them as well. You recognize the name is gas stations, convenience stores. And he went all up and down the Midwest here, the freeways and put those machines into truck stops. That's what he did. He got about 300 of those out. They were absolute cash cows for him. He would go around his route about every six weeks. Not a big deal if it, you know, or even ran out, but it wasn't that big of an issue. About every six weeks, he'd rotate and refill those and collect the money. And that was, that was the thing that he did. You could do that in addition to what you're doing, but I'd encourage you to be looking for something like that where before you pull the plug in what you're doing and just think you have to change it in careers. I mean, you could spend a lot of time redirecting in careers and you get into something where you're going to make $60,000 a year after investing more time and energy and money in a new educational path. That's not really a solution to what you're talking about. I don't think you need to come up with a new career. You need to find something that'll just start dumping extra income into what you already have now. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. If you got a question, you're hearing questions here from our listeners, real live listeners, real live questions, real life questions as well from people who are dealing with the same kind of things that we all are at here. If you've got something you want to shoot into me, just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link. You can leave it there. You can shoot an email to askdan at 48days.com or you can leave an audio question as well. You hear people on here periodically doing that. If you go to that link, the podcast link, you'll see over on the right hand side, speak pipe. Just click on that and start talking and you can leave a message there as well. And if it's not real long, I'll actually use it here. Well, this comes from Sarah who says, okay, I'm feeling like I need a dunce hat. Just listen to your answer to Mike in Orange Beach, Alabama. Now we talked about that already regarding his wife's outrage at the suggestion that he venture out on his own and the advice you gave Eduardo the chef regarding transitioning away from his day job. Sarah says, I have no problems investing in myself. I commute one and a half hours to my day job as a pharmacist. I listen to podcasts like yours for motivation and entrepreneurial advice. I've attended two conferences this year, traffic and conversion in San Diego and snap conference in Salt Lake city, Utah. Both required a significant financial investment as well as time away from my small children. I'm so grateful for a supportive husband. 
I've developed several printable products and I'm closing to launching my site. I've taken the advice of Pat Flynn and Michael Hyatt, have a free blog planner up as a lead magnet, building my list until the site is ready. My husband's a web designer. He has graciously built a fantastic website. My concern is this. I've spent 12 months from concept to launching the site. You mentioned it was reasonable to expect to generate 2000 a month in six months. I realized you are the ready fire aim type and I am the ready aim, 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 aim type. I have guest posted on a couple of blogs. I have a regular monthly feature lined up on two additional blogs for the next six months. I built a small audience on Instagram, have 120 email list subscribers. How would you recommend getting my name out there to make my first $2,000? I feel like we're old friends as I've listened to every one of your internet radio shows and I can, I can get my hands on. I look forward to my Friday commute more than any other day. Thanks for pro- consistently providing great content, Sarah. Well, Sarah, thanks for your your sweet note on that and well, I hear where you are and yes I am one to say get in the game you know don't spend too much time planning get in the game you can correct and improve and adjust as you go especially when we're talking about digital content ebooks like that wow you can change on the fly I listened to Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast this morning he shared the keynote address that he gave at podcast movement out in Dallas just this last week. And he talked about how horrible the first podcast was that he did and how he got hateful letters from people about that podcast. Well, you have to get through that. You have to have a thick enough skin to get through that and put things out there that aren't perfect and learn from that. That's certainly the way that I've always done it. Now, how do you get to $2,000? You've got to have, you got to ramp up what you have to sell. I looked at your forms. They're beautiful. But it, it takes a whole lot if you're having a small dollar amount connected with those. It takes a really, really massive audience and massive number of purchases to have something there that's going to be significant in terms of income. I would encourage you to, to build your ramp up a little bit more in terms of the things that you have offered to sell. I mean, you may be able to do a Saturday morning workshop where you have people pay $69 to come. Well, if you have 20 people that come, you know, that, that's a, that's more than you're going to make in, in having thousands and thousands of people purchase your printable forms. I love what you're doing. They're beautifully done, but I just think it, it requires such massive, massive exposure before that's going to really create significant income for you that as a pharmacist, I'll bet you have other things that you could offer where you could at least get in the game with something. Doesn't mean you have, have to be something that you do forever. I mean, I did a leadership development workshops in corporations for about five years while I was building up what I have today. My heart is not in corporate America. I would go into those office buildings, go up to the fifth floor, you know, in their conference room. And I thought, Oh my gosh, if I had to live like this every day, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do. I would be an unhappy camper, but I would do that because it was a legitimate part of building where I am today. So I would do that and do three or four of those a month. I was doing those seminars like that. I was doing a three hour seminar on leadership development. I would limit it to 20 people. I charged $3,500 for that. And I would do three or four of those a month. Well, you can do the math on that. I mean, that was pretty significant in helping me have the freedom to develop the things that I do today that had a longer ramp up time frame. But that was what I did immediately to get income so that it would give me the freedom to build the things that took much longer time, like printed products and things that I do, you know, in terms of 
books and so on that do take a lot of time to ramp up. Great question. Um, Chris from South Carolina says, Dan, I found a quote by a guy named Todd Henry who wrote the book, die empty, unleash your best work every day. I thought this was inspirational and wanted to share with you. Henry tells the story of a friend who asked him and some others an unusual question. What do you think is the most valuable land in the world? Well, after several guesses, the friend informed them they were all wrong. The most valuable land in the world is the graveyard, he said. In the graveyard are buried all of the unwritten novels, never launched businesses, unreconciled relationships, and all the other things that people thought, I'll get around to that tomorrow. One day, however, their tomorrows ran out. Well, great thought. And he provides a link to the book. I'll put a link to the book as well. And that's another one that you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and get that. Die empty. Unleash your best work every day. Todd Henry. Yes, I've read that. Love the work that Todd does. He's written some other stuff. But yeah, die empty. If you want that book, grab that. Great. Here's a question. This comes from Mike. Now, this is one of the audio questions, and this comes from Mike. Hi, Dan. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And uh, my question is, I just uh, did for the first time, I did a, a, a ghostwriting of a book, and uh, I was paid a flat fee for it. Actually, it was just uh, my wages from the job I was working at. My boss gave me time off. I'm no longer in that job. I wrote the book, and I will be getting zero after this for the book, but there's an opportunity to do some speaking on platforms possibly around the country at different churches. My question is, should I do those speaking engagements for free to gain exposure, or should I uh, somehow come up with a fee for doing that speaking? Thank you so much, Dan, and thank you for your ministry. It's changed my life, and I'm very thankful. Well, thanks, Mike, for your question. Now, if I understand that right, you were the writer, you ghost wrote a book for somebody else. So you got to pay a fat, flat fee for that, which is a common kind of arrangement. So that's history. So I'm not clear on what it is you are saying that you now have speaking opportunities. You know, is it from content in the book? If so, it seems those would fall to the author rather than you as the ghost writer. So again, I may be missing the connection there, but if you have an opportunity to get out there and, and speak, should you do that free or should you charge for that? Well, uh, there we have to talk about the big picture. I mean, that's where I refer back to what is the Venn diagram of income sources that you have that you're projecting for your business. When I speak, I'm not concerned about the fee because I'm introducing people to the other things we do at 48 days where they are going to spend money, where they're going to come to our coaching with excellence event. They're going to come to or get involved in our coaching mastery program, or they're going to get involved in my mastermind or request my personal Eagles club coaching, or they're going to purchase books and seminars and programs and training courses and things. That's why I speak. I speak. So I have introduced those people to all those things that I have to offer. I would encourage you to see your speaking in the same way. Build a back end funnel of things that you have to offer people. I think it's quite difficult to position yourself as a speaker where you make significant income being paid just for your speaking only. I think that ought to lead to other things. Those are the people that are most successful that I see. Well, man, we, we are, I've been cramming here. Sometimes people wonder if I get enough questions to fill the time. Um, please don't worry about that. Now I want you to continue to submit questions, but that is never 
a problem at all. I, I've got some here, and, and I mentioned one. Somebody says he's working 12 to 6 hours a day in a job he hates to provide for his family. I'm going to hold that for another time because we're out of time. I want to get to that, but I promise I'll make that a priority for the next week's podcast. Hey, I hope that you are doing well in the things that you are doing. I hope that you're clear on where you're going. Hope you're clear on what 2015 is going to look like for you. Well, now's the time to be mapping that out. Now's the time to be deciding. You don't just wait and see what happens. You decide what you want next year to look like. Hey, I know you're doing that. Thanks for being part of this community where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. <laughs>